We made it through divisional weekend. We're on to championship weekend. The legend of Nick Foles is over, and the Patriots' awful season just continues on. It's between the hashes. You guys ready? Holla, holla. Fire it up. Everybody, between the hashes, episode nineteen. I am your host, John, with you as always in CJ's basement with CJ to my left. Hello, hello. With James to my right. Howdy. Here to recap all the action that went down last weekend, divisional weekend in the NFL. Uh, we've got the teams who are to buy hosting their first playoff game against teams who had won a playoff game and are coming off a playoff win. Um, so, guys, we can just jump right in there. We'll start. First game of the weekend was the Chiefs, number one seed, hosting the Indianapolis Colts in Arrowhead Stadium. Cold game. A little bit of snow. A little bit of snow on the field. Uh, best part of playoff football is when we get snow on the field. Um, I incorrectly predicted that the Colts would march into Arrowhead and come out with a victory. I was the only one. Egg on my face. I'll take the loss there. It's your only um, loss, though, right? Jimmy, I'll kick it over to you. Uh, being the Mahomes fanboy of the group, <laughs> Chiefs-Colts. What would you think? Um, where did that defense come from? No idea. But that that defense got after the run, got after luck. Their coverage was awesome. And they're without Eric Berry, right? Yep. Eric Berry is yep. the mm-hmm. It's I don't know where that came from. And the, I'm pretty sure the Colts came into this game thinking they were going to be able to run the ball and continue to run the ball, pick up first downs, and none of that happened. I was shocked at Kansas City's ability to cover downfield. They have they've given up some big plays and big yardage through the air. And I thought that the Colts were going to come in and continue that trend. I thought they were going to have some success running the ball. And I thought they were going to go play action down the field to T.Y. Hilton just about all game. And the Chiefs came to play. And they they dominated on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, offense, you knew they were going to move the ball. Right. Yeah, that was a no-brainer. Points. I did not expect that performance from the Chiefs defense. Oh, no, not one bit. And, um, you know, what was it, Chris Jones, three pass deflections. I mean, that's huge. They batted the ball down a lot. Yeah. They're ready to play. I mean, I was curious to see Mahomes coming into his first playoff game, especially in the snow and, you know, all the pomp and circumstance and Andy Reid being Andy Reid. But, yeah, no, it was a dominant performance thrown through by Kansas City. They definitely were deserving of the first seed. Um, I'm curious to see if it translates in the AFC Championship game, but uh, yeah, no, they they just they they contained the run, they contained Andrew Luck. It was a, it was just a dominant performance. One other thing I was I was watching for too is they had reports of a snowstorm coming through. Uh, it was snowing for the majority of the game, kind of tapered off yeah. toward the end. I was interested to see how the Chiefs' offense was going to operate in the elements. We didn't see it too many times over the course of the season. Uh, you know, Kansas City is a tough place to play weather-wise, very cold. They got snow. I was really looking to see if the elements would kind of take their toll on that high-flying offense. And Mahomes passed the test for me, man. He was still slinging that thing all over the place. Damian Williams was still running really effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, that offense is tough to beat at home. When they get clicking and when Andy Reid's dialing up all the right plays – and using his timeouts appropriately, 
I think they're very tough to beat, and they proved that again this past weekend on Saturday. That sidearm throw to Kelsey. Oh, that my God. Joe <laughs> <laughs> bending the bullet right around him. Mm-hmm. Did, you see, did you see the still shot of, um, of that play? It was right when he starts his arm motion, right? So right when he cocks it back like he's going to throw. Because there's a lineman and a Colts defender literally directly in front of him between him and Kelsey. And Kelsey has a defender directly in front of him. So there are three people between Mahomes and Kelsey. And he still slung that thing sidearm and threw it on a dime, hit Kelsey on the run, turned up field, got the first down, and more after that. That was incredible. That it absurd. I mean, obviously when you actually take that play in full like aspect, he's kind of moving to the right. He can see his player, he knows where his player is gonna be. But to have the cojones, the huevos, rancheros, to go complete Nomar Garcia para and just sidearm that thing like I've never seen happen with a football. And then just completely, perfectly led Kelsey waist high on the run in stride. Man in control. Fully control of his craft, man. It's beautiful. So, you know what it made me think of watching that was the guy throws balls that Favre threw. But Favre's got picked off. (laughs) (laughs) Mahomes throws it right on target every single time. I feel like it's going to catch up with him at some point. It has to. Yeah, once teams get tape on him, yeah. He's he's going to try to fit one in there into a tough window that that isn't going to make it one of these times. But my God, is that entertaining. See, he studied Favre, realized where he messed up, and he made those corrections. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but teams will catch tape on him. I mean, it has to. It, it, his luck is going to run out. There's no way he's going to be able to sustain that same type of. I don't even know what it is. The wizardry that he's been that, that he's been showing. It, it, it's no way. Like you said, five five got picked off all the time. It's going to happen. So I mean, this is obviously projecting way way out, but you know, typically with quarterbacks, arm strength is one of the first things to go. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see as his career continues to develop if yeah. you know, he shies away from that firing in triple coverage in a tight window because he's not going to get away with making that forever. I bet you he's going to keep doing that. And once his arm strength goes, he's not going to realize it. He's going to try to fit in those windows. That's the thing. Yep. He's going to be far. He's gonna, mm-hmm. He can make every throw still, and you just yeah. can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, but, man, he, he was dynamite. Kelsey was good. Tyreek Hill was good. Damian Williams was good. That's a good offense, man, and, and, and they proved it again on Saturday. Second game of the weekend, we had the L.A. Rams hosting the NFC East Division champion, Dallas Cowboys, come into the Coliseum with that running attack, with that defense, uh, and the Rams held serve, man. Rams look good at home. Their defense looked great. Their running game looked outstanding. Typical, you know, action offense off of the running game where they had Goff throwing – Balls up the seam. They had him hitting crossers. He was hitting the comeback routes on the outside. Uh, Rams were clicking on all cylinders. I think Dallas really showed that they still kind of play old school football. Show up, run the ball between the tackles with Zeke. Put a stout defense up front, stop the run, get after the quarterback. And they just couldn't hang with L.A., the more modern team in that game. No. I mean, and McVay is the best offensive mind in football, so... I mean, it makes sense, but I think without Dallas picking up Amari Cooper this year, I mean, if oh, it, it, it would, they wouldn't have stand, they wouldn't have stood a, a chance Dallas at all. Smith's leg didn't 
almost gets severed off his body. Dallas would not have made the playoffs. That changed that. Ooh, big time. bold take. I like that it. Changed. They were they were four and one. And they lost a couple games, I think, before or before Smith went down. But they started out four and one. They yeah. The yeah, the odd words were hot. They were so hot right now. So the Redskins were in the yeah. driver's seat, and they weren't really slowing down. We don't say the name here, by the way. You take that back. Um, yeah, they. I mean, Redskins. The Harwards <laughs> started up awesome, and then we Alex Smith went down. Yeah, and then <laughs> um, I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, the Harwards started to slow down once Alex Smith went out, and then they just all the teams that are putting eight in the block slowing down. Adrian Peterson. It, the only reason why Dallas made it to the playoffs and Jason Garrett still has a job is because Alex Smith went Jason down. Jason Garrett. We'll talk about coaches later. Yeah. The red-headed wonder. Jason Garrett survives. He's got Jerry Jones in his back pocket. Jones won't get rid of him. That's his boy. He's, he uh, announced that Garrett was going to stay while on his yacht. <laughs> That's such a Jerry Jones thing. Tough life. Does he still have someone wipe his glasses for him? Or is that oh, just a one-time thing? Guys. Was That that was his son or son-in-law, right? Yeah. Oh, that's a do. Um, anyways, um, one thing that <laughs> jumped out to me is I didn't know CJ Anderson was still playing football. No, and he comes out here for what was it, a buck twenty-three? Buck twenty-three. Yep, two touchdowns this year. Incredible. He looked awesome too. He's as wide as he is tall, but man, once he gets going, I'm making the business decision and getting out of the way. I ain't tackling. Hell no. He's like Maurice Jones Drew back in the day, where his Old thighs were massive and you just couldn't tackle him. Oh, yeah. Between him and Gurley, man, I know Gurley's a little nicked up, um, playing hurt a little bit, but that, that's a pretty good combination that they've got. And I mean, if they can give CJ the ball and still look comfortable, they can give Gurley his rest, but still get him back into football shape or keep him in football shape for when they need him. And that's the thing, is they were running on Dallas. Dallas is no slouch. Oh, hell no. Oh, no, 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 no. no. front seven, and I don't know how they were able to run all over them. So that was good. I was impressed by L.A. in that game. Um, I also picked L.A., only one who did. I don't See, that's what I get. That's what I get for picking the Cowboys. My father was like, ha, 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 F you. Oh, he's Oh, he that was all out of spite. <laughs> that man the Eagles. I took two NFC East teams and we'll get to the we'll get to the Eagles later on, but SOL on both. Let's go right to Eagles. Eagles. Jumped out to a 14-0 lead. BDN. BDSN. 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 Yeah. yeah. End up losing 20 to 14. Are you singing the Eagles fight song? Yep. Last year, RIP. Um into the into the Big Easy, they lose to the Saints twenty to fourteen after building that quick fourteen nothing lead on the road. Yep. Drew Brees picked off on his first pass of the game. Yeah, you were um, loving that. Eagles go right down the field and score, get the ball back, score again. It looks like it's going to be all Eagles all night, and uh, the Saints really kicked it into gear. They buckled down on defense and they scored just enough points to take down the uh, defending champs. Yeah, I mean. I'm glad we hopped off the Foles bus before it ran a red light. Sir, this is my stop. I ran it right off the cliff, and that's all right. I only got a bruise. I'm good. Under 55, and the bus exploded. As long as I'm not Sandra Bullock, I'm fine with that. <laughs> you know what, though? I, I wish we had one more week of Nick Foles. I'm fun. glad we don't. It was fun. It was fun while it lasted. I liked it. I'm sick of the underdog, though. The the, the dog mask and the, the ski mask. Uh, that was, it was getting oh, a little tacky for me. Is there Many men wish death upon Tom Brady. Remember that. That's pretty badass, though. I gotta admit, that's a badass song. I got. Nobody thinks we could win. No. Yeah. Anyways, quick 
quote unquote, everybody thinks our team sucks. End quote. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that. Saints win. Eagles season is done. Fly Eagles fly right into the ground. The, the main thing with that is you got the Eagles still up. Four, uh, right, 14 10. 14 0, uh, then. Um, at the half, 10, yeah. yeah, at yeah. the half, they're up 14-10. They get the ball back at the half. Can't do anything with it. Saints get the ball, starting on the right yard line. Go 18 plays, 11 That's minutes. such a long Say that one more time, James. 18 plays. That's literally almost impossible. minutes. Teams don't, teams don't run 18 plays in a quarter, let alone in one drive. But the thing is, like, you – like that kills the defense, especially when your offense comes. Oh yeah, can't do anything after that. It's so draining. It, it drains you. But I mean, they didn't. They only gave up what another ten points after that. They they came to play. That I mean, Philly's defense mm-hmm. came to play, but you could just tell they were so tired at the end of that game. They couldn't get the stop that they needed. And then when it came, I mean, Nick falls through what two interceptions, three, two, 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 two. one not his fault. The other one definitely was his fault. He clearly underthrew. His guy. Oh, was that? It was. Um, was it Ertz? I want to yeah. say it was Ertz. Yeah, he severely. Yeah, he severely. That was a bad throw. Come on, Nick. Yeah, man, but that Alshon Jeffrey one. When the Saints line up that fifty-plus yard field goal, I'm thinking to myself, there is zippy chance he makes this. Yeah, oh, yeah. Nick Foles' magic is coming mm-hmm. again. He shanks it. Eagles take over, and they were driving, man. They they were picking apart the Saints zone. They were playing a little soft. <laughs> Knowing they needed a touchdown, mm-hmm. and um, I think he hit Alshon a couple times, maybe Aguilar once. I forget, but that pass to Jeffrey was hit him right in the midst. Yeah, but I blame that solely on Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson needs to have the presence of mind to realize we're right at the two-minute warning. Let's take the free timeout. Why risk it? Talk it over. Talk it over. Exactly. Like that. There was. That was just that was a greedy move on his part, and I know he's I know he's a little ballsy when it comes to his decisions. But I mean, cooler heads prevail. Take the time. Take the time to think it over. Don't make an unnecessary risk like that. And I absolutely, I mean, it looked out for the Saints that Jeff uh, Jeffrey got stone hands. It looked like he had a butterfinger before getting into the field. Um, but I hate when teams go into that like. Safe zone. We'll play. Just make sure that he stops in front of us. The prevent defense, because the only thing the prevent defense does is prevent your team from winning. I especially when a team is so successful getting after the passer and playing bump and run. Just like keep doing it. it. Keep doing it. Although, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's a con for every pro, but I agree with you. I I hate prevent defense mm-hmm. more than more than anything. So many times the prevent, prevent defense gives up touchdowns. So many times. It's funny because the first thing I thought of when you said that is the Rodgers Hail Mary against Arizona in 2015 when they brought like eight and he escapes left and heaves it and Jeff Janis still catches it over Patrick Peterson because they brought the house and they yeah. still couldn't get there. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm with you 100%. If you rush two or three in that situation, you deserve it. Yeah. Because every quarterback at that level can sit there with nobody in his face and find somebody wide open. Everybody can. Yeah. Can't cover forever. I'll, I'll play devil's advocate on that. I understand why you, the prevent defense, um, why they do it, obviously. I, I, I don't know. It depends on the quarterback. It's all luck, really. I mean, you're one bounce away from it being a touchdown. Like, look, look at how the Pats have been in the past couple Super Bowls with the Hail Mary. The prevent defense. It's just one lucky bounce away from falling into someone's hands. 
So I, I think you you play it's powered by numbers. So I, I get why prevent why they use it. Speaking of those Pats, last game of the weekend, Patriots welcome the LA Chargers into Gillette Stadium and mop the floor with that. Yeah, I um I apologize. I, I, I don't know why. Uh, although, in fairness, I was on the Chargers train for a while, too. So both my bandwagon trains both crashed into each other. <laughs> so, each other. <laughs> yeah, they have bowls and rivers, yeah. It just wasn't meant to be. But, um, no, I mean, the playoff pats, that's it. I don't know. I, I didn't think it was going to come out this year, but they have, by God, they were ready to play. They were dominant. On defense, they were dominant. On offense, they were dominant on special teams. There was LA getting tackled inside their own damn 20 on kickoffs every time. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I mean, I, I, you know, I say I'm picking them all the time, and it's true. I, yeah. I think they're going to win every playoff game that they play. But at the same time, it's unrealistic to think that they're not the same or that they are the same team that they've been. Yeah. Years. There's obviously something different about this team. They haven't had that same focus on the road. They've no. some bad games. That was cute. But my God, I don't think anybody saw that coming. I thought they'd win. I, I didn't think they'd come out and move the ball literally at will up and down the field. I thought the San, uh, San Diego LA defense was going to show up a little bit, and they didn't even get off the plane. I mean, at what point as a head coach do you change your game plan? Play at, man at, to man. At halftime? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're carving up the zone. Visited at when players report for minicamp. Like, when, like, it. At this point, I don't think anything is going to change his mind. Like, I think he's going to walk in next season with the same defensive scheme. I, that's, I mean, it's fine. If you want to run a zone, that's fine. And if you want to go into a game with the Pats running zone, that's fine. But if you're getting worked, you got to change something, dude. And that brings me to another point. I don't understand why, and I'm, I don't claim to be a defensive genius. But it seems like nobody who plays the Patriots wants to try to bring pressure up the middle and press the wide receivers at the line. And I get it, because if you're up there trying to press Edelman and miss, he's wide open for a touchdown. If you mm-hmm. go up to the, try to press Rob Gronkowski, he's going to run right through you, make you look like an asshole, and then he's going to catch a pass off the seam for 30 yards. I get it. But you see everybody come in and play that soft zone and let them run those crossers and the pick routes and the screens. And it, nobody just goes and tries to mess up their timing, which is what their entire offense is. If you can jack Edelman at the line, who allegedly isn't the same this year as Pats fans are saying. He's lost a step, apparently. If you can jack him at the line and rush up the middle and get to Brady and tip a ball or something, like that's how you're going to beat them. Well, I thought the, the, the Chargers were doing that because there was one play where Brady called um, Ike the ball, looking right, and immediately, without even looking, looked through left, right where Edelman was. But because the corner was pressing, Edelman took three steps back that more than he usually does. And then Brady threw it right in between the two players. Oh, the, the Chargers guy, it almost hit him in the ear hole. Yeah. If he was looking, he's taking that to the house. Right. But that's the thing. Like, the Chargers pressed him. It pushed him off. Timing's off. Where it, Edelman's not where he's supposed to be. Like, like you just said, just if you do that to the Pats, you win. That's I, I mean – and they do it – they execute better than everybody, but their offense is so precise, right? It's Brady drops back, the ball is out in two seconds. Yep. Edelman's taking two steps, he's cutting into the middle, or he's cutting out, depending on what the receiver – the cornerback does. And they're in sync. They can read each other's minds. They know exactly what they're doing. So if you get up there and you, if you hit them with a jam, 
that throws that two seconds off instantly. Now Brady's got to look somewhere else. Now maybe you've got a defensive lineman who wins his one-on-one and he's coming yeah. to Brady's backside. And of course, it's it's more hot, it's more difficult than I'm making it seem. I just I think it's crazy that we don't see more teams try that. At least try it. And I'm pretty and sure it burns. Make an adjustment and do something else. The teams who have done that gotten Brady to throw horrible throws, which leads to turnovers, and then you like it, you put your team in a better position. That's how Denver beat them in those AFC Championship games. Yep. Granted, granted, they have the players to do it. Right. right. You need Jimmy mm-hmm. and Joe's X's and O's aren't going to do anything. Right. But you get up, you press, you throw off that timing, and then everything is travel. And that's that's the way to do it. And but I think the Chargers had the team to do it. And they didn't try. Yeah. They step back in zone and let them pick them apart all game long. James White, the, it, that's, that's the Patriots' MO, is to find the soft spot in the zone. That's what they do best. If, if, they, if, they're gonna, if you're going to give them that zone coverage, they're going to beat you every single time, the, whether it's in the flats with James White or Edelman. I mean, it's just – I mean, Gronk is a non-factor because he's, you know, at the tail end, but – that's what they do best. The Chargers just played right into the Patriots, and then the the, the Pats ran the ball the way they did. Sony Michelle, good, by God, this kid is this kid is pretty damn good. Even though I know he said that anybody could have ran through some of those holes, but you know you still got to make the marks. You still got to hit the right hole. So, I mean, I I give more the credit to the Pats offensive line. They played out. They, they played lights out. Yeah, hundred percent. And then when on the defensive side is when you have. Your nickel defensive back playing the linebacker. It, it's very easy to get a guy to block you. You have Grog or James Devlin coming up on a very smaller guy. Dwayne Allen. It, they, they, you're going to get blocked. There's no way that guy's going to run that block, which is going to get Michelle that five yards of carry instead of the two and falling forward. I mean, Michelle has the, you see the tape all year long. He has that problem falling forward to get that extra two yards. I mean, that's what everybody was saying going into the game is the Chargers game plan against the Ravens where they played seven defensive bags didn't go to work because they'll walk up to the line in that defense, Brady's going to look at it, laugh his ass off, check to a run, and pound it right at your face. Yeah. And it's exactly what they did whenever they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, but that was a blowout. Um I mean, forty-one to twenty-eight, and the game wasn't as close as the score was. Thirty-five-seven at the half, man. That's yeah, it, it, game is over. the game was over as soon as um, LA punted in the first quarter. As soon as Brady ran down, the, ran the whole hundred yards, that that game was over. Brady was ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> when LA got on a plane on Friday, yeah. <laughs> Moving on, we have the championship round of the playoffs coming up this weekend. AFC Championship. NFC Championship, four teams left playing for the right to play for the Lombardi Trophy in the Super Bowl. Um, Max McGee, Super Bowl one. Yeah, on this day, 52 years ago. Love it. Super Bowl Uno. Take that. Chance. Where was Super Bowl one hosted? LA. LA. The Coliseum. I believe so, yeah. Um, anyways, championship round this weekend. Kick it off in the AFC. New England Patriots traveling to Arrowhead Stadium to take on the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, early so, weather reports show. Sorry, John, but that's so pretentious. That's like the Ohio State. I hate when people say that. Like the Kansas City Chiefs. How did that start? Because because the they're assholes and they think no. they're better than everybody else. I don't. I don't know. I wish I had a better answer for that. They suck. Uh, I think one, one guy said it and stuck. Is that like the New York Football Giants? Yes, probably. The Kansas City Football Chiefs will host the. <laughs> Come off their great home win against the Colts, dominant home win. 
uh, hosting Brady, hosting Belichick. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be cold. We got Arctic Blast coming over Missouri. Going to be reportedly the coldest game in the history of Arrowhead Stadium. Looks like it's going to be 10 degrees or lower, potentially into the negatives. Jimmy? Well, I just like I just want to get your initial reaction because um, I heard a couple people talking about this, and I want to ask you guys the same question. See, are you pro or against domes? Against. It takes away. This is this is real football right here. This is what football was made for. I heard so many people say dome because you get everybody in a fair element. You get the best of the best that come in. It's a clean field. Everybody's like going to be performing at their best but no give me the snow give me outdoors like it's supposed to be played with men not in your girly domes give me the cold weather ice ball man that's where it's at because if it gets to those elements it's the team who wants it more and it's focus yeah oh yeah the only um opinion i've seen that i I'm not going to say I believe in – I don't even think Justify I go so far. What? Justify the reason. Yeah, I guess um, on game day morning before the divisional round, they brought up that exact question. And Kurt Warner said that he was more in favor of domes. Of course. Great show on turf. He is. Yeah. yeah he's a dome guy. Um, and he acknowledged that. He said he played in the dome his entire yeah. career. But his reasoning was that if you – are going to a, a, a place that's hot if you're going out of Jacksonville. If there's rain in the forecast, you can prepare for all of that, right? You can dump the footballs in water when you practice with them. You can turn the heat up in your facility. If you're a team like L.A., you can't practice with it being zero degrees out, and the other team plays in that every single week. So that was his point. Again, I wouldn't even go as far to say that I stand behind that and I believe it. I think it's a valid argument. I still think it's bullshit, and I don't. It doesn't matter if you want that game at home. Earn the buy and play it at home. Bum, bum. You didn't earn it. You have to go on the road. You have to play in the cold. That's how it works. Um, no, man, football's supposed to be played in the elements. Yep. You think of all the old NFL films videos. Oh yeah. Ones you see. It's oh like, yeah. It's the mud. It's the fog game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the rain. There's the snow. It was like Quentin Nelson in his little uh, little cutoff. Last yeah, week before the game, that's this. That's what you live for, man. That's what you play. Yeah, it's men playing football. Exactly. And I mean, if you got to think too, dome teams have you know the advantage of playing in a loud atmosphere that mm-hmm. outside stadiums don't have. Unless it's Seattle, in which they yeah, it's like a half dome sort of yeah. with the way they built it. I mean, a place like uh, Gillette Stadium isn't getting as loud as a place like the Superdome. It's just not happening, right? So they don't pop in crowd noise. Yeah. Minnesota Vikings looking at you. Uh-huh. When, um, do you remember being at Lambeau when we went and they had the signs? The signs that at least we don't generate our crowd noise. Yeah, we're allowed without a roof. Or nice. Good troll. I like it. They weren't even playing the Vikings. Just exactly. That's, that, that makes it better. It was, it was screwed to the wall, so it's up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's still up there. <laughs> Love it. Um, anyways, back to the game. Chiefs-Patriots rematch of week six. At Gillette Stadium, uh, the Patriots won that game 43-40. to Steven Gaskowski with a late field goal to take the win. Um, Pats went up early 
they were up by a couple scores. The Chiefs came back. They got a couple turnovers. Mahomes lit it up. Kareem Hunt, no longer on the Chiefs, lit it up. Tyree Hill lit it up. Um, Jimmy, give me a key. Give me a matchup to watch, whatever you want to call it, and give me a winner. Well, I've been on the Chiefs bandwagon this entire season. I've been pro It is on the board, ladies and gents. And I know your quote-unquote outsider that you are, the Packers fan, doesn't see this season of a bad season to be a bad season because you see the record and whatnot. But coming into the season, and I've said I've not been that confident in this Pats team, it's because you had the whole controversy with Brady, Belichick, and Kraft, them all not getting along, them going to meetings, McDaniels going to the Colts, not really, coming back. And then you got Saik. Brady's favorite uh, offensive lineman going to the Giants. Thank what a bust. Yeah, what a bust he was. Um, and then you draft a left tackle. Does play a game. To the light of day. He gets hurt. Then you get desperate and you trade for a right tackle, push him over the left tackle. Thankfully, he's been good. Massive, by the way. You've been even more desperate in taking a chance with a guy who's been in and out of rehab at wide receiver because you're so desperate at wide receiver. Smoke weed every day. Your leading rusher has been Cordell Patterson, a wide receiver, and he's led your team in rushing. Yeah, but he's elusive AF. I can't believe I even used that. Slap me for saying AF, by the way. Um, (laughs) Thank you. I love it. They've had Three horrible losses to the Titans, uh, Lions, and then Jags. Oh, my. Another bad loss to the um, Steelers all on the road. There, uh, Another road loss is because of the Miami Miracle. It, I mean. Is that what that's officially called, by the way? Sorry to interrupt. I just made that up. It should stick. I like it. How do all these miracle games and miracle moments have ends in them, by the way? We got the Miami Miracle, yep. the Minneapolis Miracle, okay, the Music City, Miracle, yeah, Music City Miracle, the, Mississippi, the Music City Miracle, the Motown Miracle with Rogers as Hail Mary a couple of years ago. Well, I mean, I think I think people are trying to find a way to make it MM, but it does work every time. Which is weird. It, that's for another day. In the off season, we'll talk conspiracy theories. Um, you've had Edelman out for the first four years, uh, for, for the first four games. Out for the last twenty games, uh, he was out for a whole year after the ACL, and then suspended the first four. So, yeah. And then Gronk is looks like, like I said last week, one hit away from just being split in half. He's not the same Gronk. I mean, he's still a physical beast. He's still on the field. He's still going to account for him, but he just hasn't looked the same. And you can tell because Brady didn't even target him to what to almost halftime. And I, I just haven't felt confident with this team, and I have every right to not feel confident. The main key of this game is can the Chiefs defense show up again? Can they – well, it's going to be the Pats' run game against this Chiefs defense because if the Chiefs actually show up, unlike the Chargers did, then the Pats are not going to be able to run the ball. They're going to have to start throwing the ball. When White's on the field, you know it's a pass play. When Michelle's on the field, you know it's a run play. And if, I mean, Michelle just does not fall forward at all. He he gets two yards, and then that's it. He doesn't have it in him to fall forward, get the four yards, five-yard games. With that being said, still in the Chiefs. Chiefs win. 
boo. Are you? What's what's going on here? I like this. I'm confused. Yeah. My cue of the game is turnovers. Whoever protects the ball better in the cold, in the elements, uh, whoever forces a key turnover late, I think is going to set up good field position, is going to get that score that puts them over the edge. I think there's going to be some points scored in this game. I think this is going to be one of those games where if you punt the ball three or four times, the other team is going to be scoring those three or four times, and it's going to put you behind the eight ball. And I think a turnover late could go a long way in deciding this game. And I'm taking the guys who have been there before. I'm taking Belichick. I'm taking Brady. I'm taking that defense. I'm taking that running game, that offensive line. Again, the one thing the Chiefs do consistently well on defense is rush the passer. I don't know where that defense came from last week. I don't think it's showing up again this week with McDaniel scheming against it. Um, I think the Pats are going in there, and I think they're going in the Super Bowl. All right, so here's my dilemma. I've given this some thought. So I've pushed two agendas for the most part this year, that the Pats are not where they've been in years past, and that Andy Reid was going to somehow find a way to screw everything up with his, with his clock management. So one one of these two things will come to a head. Now, that being said, after watching last week's game and how dominant the Pats have been, playoff Pats are back. I think, and honestly, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you, I'm pushing for Brady and Breeze. I think that would be a historic QB matchup. I, I, I just think, you know what? <laughs> I, I, was, I, was pro, I was pro Rivers. So that was, that was my lead bandwagon. And now that that's gone and... I don't know. I'm just so off. I, I, I think I left all my success in the regular season. I just I haven't come to play in the playoffs. I'm sorry. Um, Lord, that, Siege. I'm the one with the head straight on my shoulders here. Up on my picks. As much as I don't want to feed into that ego, I can't. Right. After watching the Pats win the way they did, I just can't go against the Pats. And I will eat my words. I will truly eat my words. I think the, the success the Pats have had last week is definitely Fool's Gold. The Chargers Ooh, awful. Hot take. It's, I mean, it's not... I roll emoji. Not entirely Fool's Gold. Like, they were definitely the more prepared team. It's just Chargers didn't change from the game plan, which Brady just tore them apart. And it's just the way that they had a defensive back as their third linebacker. It just, it just does not make sense to me. Well... It makes more sense against a mobile quarterback like Lamar Jackson when you have to run a contain or a spy or something like that. But yeah, Brady's not Brady's not leaving the pocket. Or even if you want to go with the run game, it's you know the team who's going to run that outside zone scheme. Yeah. Where you need speed on the field to combat that. The pass is just going to run up and smash you in the mouth. Oh yeah. You know. They're between the tackles. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're keeping it between the hashes. Hey, it worked. <laughs> I love it. Moving on, Saints Rams. Both coming off big home playoff wins. Uh, home teams were undefeated in this past round. So we got ones and twos, ones and twos in the AFC and in the NFC. Uh, Siege, we'll start with you. Give me a key to the Rams-Saints and give me a winner. Key to the Rams-Saints. Okay. Um, so it's a little counterintuitive, but the key to this game is C.J. Anderson, the run game. Nice. So Gurley, I mean – James, yeah, I know you brought this up. Gurley's Gurley's been a little bit hurt, so you know for CJ Anderson to come in off the trash heap, like um, Bu- uh, 
Booger McFarlane keeps saying he's one Popeye's biscuit away from exploding. <laughs> Until that happens, I mean, he's he's, I mean, he literally came out of nowhere. So, you know, he's just been very consistent with his runs. But that being said, I, I mean, I gotta, I, I'm going with the Saints. Who that nation? I just think, I I, I really want to see Brady breathe. I just think that's probably what the NFL is hoping for. I mean, I mean, I know changing on the tides coming soon, but. I think you get one last hurrah with the uh, the old folks here. I'm going Saints. My key is Breeze. What Breeze are we going to get? Are we going to get throw for 400 yards and look absolutely spectacular? Or are we going to get the Breeze who just going to gunsling and then throw picks left and right? The Rams defense has not impressed me at all throughout the season, but they showed up last week and they were very dominant. And then it's just... I think Breeze is going to be the key to this game. As much as I would love to see Brady Breeze, my Chiefs pick is up on the board. I can't, I couldn't stare away from that. I picked the Chiefs. I'm going Young Buck, Young Buck in the Super Bowl. I'm going Rams. I like it. My key is going to be getting playmakers the ball in space for the Saints. I'm looking at Alvin Kamara. I'm looking at Michael Thomas, and I'm also looking at Taysom Hill. Ah, Swiss Army knife. I love it. Packers, uh, Packers had him in camp. They caught him. We're hoping they could sneak him through on the practice squad, and the Saints were having none of that. Nah, Sean Payton knew better. They picked him up, uh, and he does everything for him, man. He returns kicks. He blocks for punts. He runs fake punts. He catches passes. He runs the read option. He throws dimes. If you saw that pass he threw, that got called back on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all about getting those guys the ball in space in, in Hill and Thomas and Kamara. Um, I think the Rams are going to be pretty stout up front with Aaron Donald and Duncan Sue. I think they're going to try to control the line of scrimmage as best they can. So I think it's going to uh, really be all about getting those guys the ball on the perimeter and letting them run. I'm looking at screen passes. I'm looking for slants. I'm looking for... Kamara coming out of the backfield and catching something. I'm looking for maybe a shovel pass up the zone in the middle. Um, it's all about it. they're going to make things easy for Breeze, right? They're at home. Get them into a rhythm. Get them completing passes. Get some yards after the catch. And really put that pressure on Goff in that young offense on the road in a hostile environment. Um, I think they'll do it. I'm picking the Saints. I think the Saints are going to win at home. And I think they're going to the Super Bowl. Uh, but watch those skill guys on the edge. I like it. All right, guys, moving on. Uh, last topic for this episode. Uh, we didn't really touch on it last week, uh, but the coaching carousel is spinning. Um, a lot of coaches have been hired and confirmed and introduced with their new teams. Uh, some still waiting on that confirmation. Figured I'd run through the list. Yes. You guys can give me your opinions on any of the coaches, any of the jobs, uh, anything that really jumps out to you guys. So first, the first guy off the board uh, was the Green Bay Packers hiring uh, offensive coordinator from the Tennessee Titans, Matt LaFleur. I'll get into that a little bit later as the resident Packer fan. Um, the Arizona Cardinals hiring longtime USC offensive coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, I don't know. A lot of high-powered offenses at the, at the Coliseum. I will always remember Cliff as the offensive coordinator at USC forever. Actually. Will you remember me? For that long Going down in history books. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland Browns. Only team hiring in-house. 
I like that hire. Offensive coordinator Freddie Kitchens to like head coach. Yeah, like me too. Uh, Denver Broncos poaching defensive coordinator Vic Fangio away from the Chicago Bears. Interesting. Chicago Bears taking L's even though their season oh, is over. Kubiak just signed too, right? As OC somewhere? Not with Denver. No, Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, yeah, that's right, Minnesota. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers hiring the retired former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Bruce Arians. So Bruce and his scully caps are back in the NFL. <laughs> I love it. Um, and New York Jets hiring former Dolphins head coach Adam Gase uh, in his suitcase full of cocaine or whatever the hell he Cocaine's hell of a drug. that the only other two open jobs with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Miami Dolphins have been filled. Um, Brian Flores? Yeah. Patriots, question mark, question mark. Defensive coordinator, maybe. Not sure what he does. Brian Flores. Allegedly going to the Dolphins. Can't be announced and introduced because the Pats are still alive. Mm -hmm. Uh, And same with Cincinnati, who allegedly is hiring Rams quarterback coach Zach Taylor. Ooh, that's interesting. Reaching... Uh, pretty far down that Sean McVay tree to try to find the next wonder kid. Oh, God. Uh, Here we go. Pulling him in to work with Andy Dalton in his formative years. So, guys, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, I, I'm going to go a little bit about Matt LaFleur being a Packer fan, but I'm curious uh, what pick jumps up to you guys, if there's anything you uh, that stuck out or anything you wanted to talk about. Sorry, something just popped up saying Cam Newton might be out all of 2019. Whoa. Breaking news here on Between the Hashes. Heard it here first. Wow, Adam Schefter, 29 minutes ago. I'm going to go and tweet that right now to all of our followers. I don't believe that for a second, but anyways. Uh, but anyways, um, I I the Adam Gase interview was awful. I, I think the awful. word you're looking for is bizarre. The, Entertaining. You ever see those memes that says meth not even once? It's a picture of just Adam Gase. Just I mean, he was zonked, man. I, I don't know if if he's just got like a fear of public speaking or or fear of New York or I don't know. <laughs> then why take the job? Dude, you tell me. Look at this. That was that was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. It threw everybody off in the room. Like there was a a NFL Network reporter who I guess in their uh, pressure room is two tiered, and when she went on to say her question. It was to the GM, so it wasn't even at Gase. So Gase started going around the room with his head and being all bug-eyed, and it just threw her off that she was like, hey, uh, up here, <laughs> the center. And he immediately pointed her out. He knew where she was speaking from, but his head was going everywhere else. And you could see the GM just, like, looking at him weird. It, 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 oh, it was so awkward to watch. We need somebody to go back and look at his blinking. Like, is he saying something in Morse code? Is he being... Did he drink the Kool-Aid that they showed him? He must have. He saw his old offensive lineman coach who uh, pulled him into a closet real quick. You ever been to that point of drunkness where inside your own head you're trying to prove that you're not drunk and you're like, all right, now put your right leg forward and then your left leg and your arms start flailing around? I don't think I have. I don't know if I've been there. I've I've been pretty drunk in my life, but I don't recall being that at that level. Like, you're trying to prove to yourself and everybody around you that you're not that drunk. And then, like, in your own head, you're like, why am I messing up so bad? And that it seemed like that was, like, Adam Gase's mind going on right now. I mean, he looked like he looked like he was drunk and he wasn't supposed to be drunk. And he was trying to convince people he wasn't drunk. Right, like, that's what I'm yeah. saying. 
No, bug eye. That was that that uh, that looked like cocaine, man. That did not look like alcohol. Sure, but I mean, just that whole like. Rache Caldwell. I'm fine. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna look out the window. Yeah, actually, okay, I see that now. That's okay, kinda... I'm gonna look at the couch. Huh. I'm gonna, yeah, okay. I'm looking at my feet. I'm I'm good here. Nobody knows. Nobody <laughs> knows. suckers. Yeah. Meanwhile, everybody's like, dude, yeah, what? <laughs> what is going what on? Is that one where he just goes extremely bug-eyed and you see his head just go way back. It, I thought his head was going to fall off his neck. It makes me so Robot. Great. Maybe he's a robot. Short-circuiting. Yeah, he's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> he's just one of those like reptilian shapeshifters or something. Conspiracy theorists talk about. A lot of conspiracy talk going on right now, folks. Yeah. yeah. Between the hashes getting in there. I don't have to feel nervous. <laughs> Swing away. <laughs> Which, uh, I mean, other than Gase being a total nut job, what, uh, what hire do you guys like the best? Uh, me personally, I got to say Freddie Kitchens. Really? Yeah, in Cleveland, I think, um, well, let's, I mean, let's be honest. Baker Mayfield is the, is the new face of the Cleveland Browns. And as his interim offensive coordinator, I felt like Baker responded great with Freddie Kitchens. And from all accounts, Freddie Kitchens is a stand-up guy. You know, he's, a, he's from Alabama. He's just, he's a genuine, you get what you see with him. And I mean, to the point where the reason why McCarthy allegedly did not join the Cleveland Browns is because they wanted to retain Freddie Kitchens. And he said no. So Cleveland obviously placed a ton of value on Freddie to the point where you, if you want to be the head coach, you got to keep him. So I, I really think his relationship with Baker Mayfield is the is key to their success. So I, I think that I think that's the best hire so far, in my opinion. I, I, I mean, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I'd love that hire. Uh, I mean, like I said, like I'm surprised to see Greg Williams go. I think he did a wonderful job with that defense with a lot of young talent, and they were finally coming through. But like you said um, uh, a few days ago, it's it's got to be something with him. It's got to be they didn't mix. They didn't gel right. And he probably, uh, Kitchens just probably wants his own guys in there. But, I mean, um, I'm actually re- – at first, I wasn't really too happy with the uh, floor sign. The floor. Um, but I'm it's actually, yeah. I'm kind of liking it because facial. Display. I've been saying that they just <laughs> need to get Derrick Henry the ball and just let him run forward a lot more uh, for two years now. I've been mm-hmm. dying to see that happen, and then finally towards the end of the season, he started doing that, and the offense started coming up. I mean. Um, Mariota got hurt, and they were playing him and uh, playing Gabbard. I mean, it was kind of a toss-up. They almost made the playoffs. I kind of like the LaFleur sign. I do, too. Um, and it's I'm going to say that at the risk of, you know, being Homer and, and picking the uh, the pick for my guys. I do like Denver picking up Vic Fangio. I, I think he's an outstanding defensive coordinator. Uh, first time – with a head coaching job, so that's yeah, going to be so interesting. I, I how old is Van? He's too old to start doing. Yeah, it. how old is he? He's he's been a coordinator for twenty something years, I think. So he's he's been around the block. Um, so I'll be interested to see how that's going to turn out because they got some players on defense. They got Vaughn Miller. Oh yeah. They got Chris Harris. They got uh, Bradley Chubb. Yep. They got some guys out there. And Roby, right? Do they still have Roby? I believe so. 
Um, but he's going to get the most out of them. It, it'll True. be interesting to see where they're going offense. I think Case Keenum is definitely a stopgap. John Elway came out and said that the other day. I love how Elway even came out and said that he made a mistake hiring Vance Joseph. That he when he went with the backup to Kubiak, and he didn't even bother trying interviewing anybody. Like, yeah, how dumb is that? I think, I think Elway's kind of an idiot. But I'm interested to see how that hire shakes out. I like it because Fangio's out of Chicago, which helps me. And, and how do you feel about Pagano, by the way? Laughing, laughing at you. Um, but the thing I like is that Fangio uh, reportedly is trying to poach his guys out of Chicago and bring them together. So totally take that team down. I like that. Uh, but Lafleur, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about him because he doesn't. Um, I don't want to say he doesn't inspire confidence, but when you think, you know, about all these hot shot offensive guys getting a chance, right? Freddie Kitchens, Zach Taylor, Lafleur is considered one of them. But then you see he's coming from the Titans offense and they're ranking the mid to the low 20s in offensive production last year. A couple things. He's dealing with a quarterback in Mariota who, A, isn't a stud. B, didn't have feeling in his throwing hand for half of the year. So they're mm-hmm. with Wayne Gabbard. Um, I like the higher man. He's young. He's 39. It's, it's definitely a step in a different direction from where they've gone. Yeah. Um, much more of that sort of new, fresh feel in the building, I guess. The one thing I really liked about him, which I thought was much different from McCarthy, was Lafleur has gone on record saying that it's his job to work the best skill sets of the players that he has and devise a scheme to get the most out of them, which I love. Mm-hmm. I'm a McCarthy guy. We've been over this before. I like him a lot. Yes, you are. I'm surprised he doesn't have a job. Um, I have my my theories on that, which I can get to. But I, I think McCarthy is a very, here's the system. We're running my system. Um, you guys are going to run this, and you're going to execute it, and you're going to do it well, which yeah. is fine. But I don't think he does much tailoring of that scheme to the guys they have. And I think that was prevalent with Brett Hundley. When they didn't have Rodgers and they're doing nothing different on offense. And last year when they're struggling on offense and they just don't change anything up. Um, So I like that he wants to break it down. He wants to focus on the running game. Get Aaron Jones involved, which us as Packer fans have been screaming for for years. As a fantasy owner of Aaron Jones, I would have appreciated that too. Get him going. Get Rodgers into rhythm uh, with some easy throws and get them cooking again. Uh, and I think they're close to doing that. And I think LaFleur is going to be um, great at, at sort of unlocking all of that potential with them. And number two, he's keeping Mike Patton on board, which I think is huge. I, I don't think it can be overstated how big that is for a couple of reasons. One, because their defense showed dramatic improvement this past year. Mm-hmm. Despite a rash of injuries, they were beat up at every position. At defensive tackle, they were down their top three guys. At cornerback, they're down their top two or three guys at multiple points in the year. And they were respectable on defense. The turnovers weren't there, but the three and outs were. The tackling was a little bit better. The coverage was better. They were able to scheme up pressure, even though they didn't have too many you know, man beaters winning one-on-ones. Uh, but I think giving them another year in that system is going to be wonders for them. And two, because Mike Patton has been around the block. He's been a head coach. He's experienced. He knows what he's doing. And that allows – Matt LaFleur to delegate, right? Yeah. You handle defense. Mm-hmm. Let me handle the offense. Let me handle getting this thing back going. We'll get on the same page with Rodgers, and we'll start cooking. 
Defense is your is your kitchen. That's your lab. Mm-hmm. Do what you got to do and get us rolling. And for that, I like the higher and on the side. But what about the the offense coordinator that he picked up from Hackett? Jacksonville? Yeah, I, I mean he's Hackett's worked with a bunch of stiffs, so who knows? Working with Rodgers, I don't really have a strong opinion about him. Um, it's not a bad thing, right? He got he got the most out of Bortles last year. Not just, I mean, yeah, this year, oh, yeah, 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 last yeah. Year during the AFC Championship game, focusing on running the ball with Fournette. Um, so I, I think if there's one thing you want to mark down, it's that the Packers are going to run the football next year with Aaron Jones between Lafleur and uh, Hackett. Yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna run the ball, and they got the players to do it with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. So I like that. Set up some play action, get the defense off balance, and then let Rodgers go to work. Have they? Um... Have they said who's going to be calling plays? Well, Lafleur's going to call plays. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Now, which coach Taysen do you Hill. think is the worst this year? Like, which one do you think is not going to work from the? Oh, that's easy. I don't even need to think about this. The greatest uh, USC offensive coordinator of all time, Kif- Cliff Kingsbury. So? Oh yeah, got fired from Texas Tech. Didn't even get a chance to become another college head coach. And the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, I think what's going to happen here is I think Cliff Kingberry is going to screw the draft all up and take Kyler Murray first overall. He's been on record of saying it, and I, I know they're not that high on Josh Rosen. And I think he's an, I, I don't I don't know. I just, I don't think he's a good coach. I don't think he, I think he was probably best suited as an offensive coordinator. And he just, he saw the money and took the offer. I, don't, I mean, we, I'm just pulled up this thing on uh, my computer right now. Is actual Vangio is pulling over the Bears defensive back coach for as his uh, defensive coordinator and, and Bears. Um, but Uh-oh. I'm agreeing that it's going to be Cliff, but not for those reasons. Cliff is Tell me more. a team that's hurting, hurting on offense. Rosen does not look good at all. Looks to be the worst quarterback in the draft. And he's in a division with McVay and the Rams, Russell and Carroll, and Shanahan and Garoppolo. And Shanahan yeah. and Garoppolo. He is doomed for failure. Kyler Murray. Doom. Also, with Lafleur, totally going back. Yeah. Was with the Falcons for Matt Ryan's MVP year. Was with Pretty the Redskins for RG3's Rookie of the Year. Yeah. So, got a little bit right. Gotta love the McVay uh, coaching tree. The uh, hottest, the hottest commodity in football right now. More so from Shanahan. Uh, I know, I know. Longer than he was with McVay, but yes, he he did come directly from. McVay. If you've had contact with McVay, you're pretty much guaranteed an interview at this point. Yeah. With McVay, you got a shot at the head coaching job. I think the worst hire is. Uh, I'm going to take some shit for this. I know it. Go for it, Bruce Arians. Ooh, Tampa's just a shit franchise anyway, though. So I don't think he, I don't think he makes it matter. Because he retired, and he retired to his cushy job with Fox. Calling the D level games that nobody watches, and now he's trying to jump back in the fire. And, and how long has he been gone? Two years? One year? One year? One year? Yeah, because uh, Wilkes only lasted Wilkes, one year. Did Wilkes replace him? There's yeah. Nobody in between, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So one year gone. A little bit less drastic than uh, than Chucky. Yeah, much less drastic. I I don't know, man. I I'm of the belief that once you've retired, you're retired. If your name's not Brett Favre, then you can come back and do it out of <laughs> Favre could come back now, and he'd be a top 25 quarterback. I'd take Favre over seven quarterbacks in this league. I want to know those seven quarterbacks right now. Off, off, off topic, I know. But tell me the seven quarterbacks you think. Uh, Josh Rosen. 
Um, let me think about it for a minute. Case Keenum. Oh, of course, definitely Case Keenum. So that's three, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever the hell Miami is throwing out. Uh, well, Hill, yeah, um, yeah. I take him over Josh Allen slash Nathan Peterman. Ooh, I don't know about the Josh Allen pick. I think the potential. I'd easily do it over Josh for this Allen. year. I'm taking five. Okay, at this right. present I'm time, yeah. Okay. So what do I have? Five? You get five. You get five. I'm taking him over. Now I'm just going by divisions. I'm trying to pick somebody. Dalton. Give me five over Dalton. Wow. That was a toss up. Yeah, that was close. One more. Mitchell. Say Mitchell. I'm not going to say Mitchell. So do it. Do it. Push my agenda. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, you can't, you can't justify that. Uh, I already said Keenum, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, Eli, give me Favre over Eli. Really? Yeah. At this point in time, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Eli's lost that's, a step. That's my, that's the boldest spot. I think. I'm, I know I'm missing some. Stamps. Alex Smith. <sighs> Are we talking broken leg, like Alex? Smith? <laughs> yeah, uh, come on. Yeah. Jameis. Oh yeah, Jameis. Yeah. Jameis, screw it. You, I'll take Eli back. Jameis okay. Is out. All right. Good. Good pick. Thank, Thank you. you. I knew I was missing somebody. Patrick. Yeah. Well, they're grouped together. Yeah. Tampa, Tampa quarterbacks, Miami quarterbacks, Bills quarterbacks, whatever. Um, all right. Yeah. Bruce Arians is my guy. I think he retired. I think he's jumping back in. But once you retire, you're always retired. Got to be different. I like that, though. That's, that's my pick. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about before we get championship weekend? Um, one thing that really annoys me is. Oh. What grinds your gears, James? Please do tell. Stupid penalties, like locking the back on a kick return or punt. You and I but were discussing this. The dumbest one of all is a delay of game. How do you take three delay of games and then waste two more timeouts? You're wasting timeouts to prevent delay of games. I'm looking at you, San Diego Chargers. I'm not even calling you the LA Chargers. Can you Super Chargers? San Diego Super Chargers? Would you prefer to take the penalty and save the timeout? Yes. I think I would too. If it's a close game at the end and you need those. Depends where you are on the field. If it's in the third quarter and you're going to waste a timeout to take a delayed game, I'd rather save that timeout for the last two-minute drive of the game. Yeah. Yeah, but when you're down 28 points, I mean, at that point. down 28 points while you're trying to save four or five yards. I see what you mean. The worst has to be the guy who throws a punch at somebody else wearing a helmet when it's third down and you just got off the field. Yep. The Eagles did that two or three times against the Bears and they hung on to win, but oof. Those after whistle penalties, the personal fouls, I got no patience for that, man. Or that the, drives me crazy. Or the late hit on a quarterback that puts mm-hmm. the team in. Range and then they score a touchdown right before the half and they get the ball right at the half and you end up losing. So there's a, there's a thing that um, McCarthy used to talk about a lot and it's the uh, the difference between um, like compete penalties like face mask and holding and shit that just happens. Yeah. When you're going a million miles an hour, there's the uh, I forget exactly what he calls it. It's like the effort penalties or the compete penalties versus um, discipline penalties. Which is, you know, the blocks in the back and the hits after the whistle and then sportsmanlike conduct and lining up offsides and all that crap. So, 
I like oh, that. My McCarthy thought. Yes. Um, I think McCarthy was the headliner for uh, Cleveland. Yes. He said, didn't want to keep Kitchens because I'm guessing he still wants to call plays. Yep. Um, I thought he was going to get the Jets job, and I was really interested Ooh. that they went with Gase over him. And my thinking is that McCarthy probably asked for the moon. I bet he asked to have personnel probably. control a shitload of money. Makes sense. And the Jets eventually said no. Because there's no way you're giving that psychopath a job over McCarthy, who's won a Super Bowl and who's, who's you know, he's orchestrated Favre's turnaround and developed Aaron Rodgers. He'd be perfect for Sam Darnold. And you go in with that meth head Adam Gase over McCarthy. I think McCarthy asked for too much. That's my theory. I don't understand as a coach who's already been in the AFC East and have lost constantly to then choose to go to another AFC East team where you're just going to lose again. Maybe he likes Donald. Yeah, it has to be Donald. The key has to be Donald. Then. And Osweiler and Tannehill. Yeah. And he must, I'm guessing he likes Donald. Well, Rex Ryan did it and lost both. But Mark Sanchez is not Sam Donald. I think the upside of Donald trumps whatever was projected yeah, of all, Sanchez. Yeah, but that's all relying on Gase's well, Rex was also a defensive guy. I mean, the defense for those Jets teams, those were pretty damn good. Bart Scott, um, Revis. Revis. You know what, too, though? These guys don't think like normal people. They're so competitive and such like alpha dudes. They're, I guarantee you, Gase is like, all right, it didn't work with Miami. I'll go to the Jets and beat Brady and Belichick there. I guarantee you that's what he's thinking. And he, I, he 100% believes it, too. I, I wouldn't no want anything to do with it until they retire. But that's why we're sitting on the couch in pajama pants and they're making tens of millions. That's of what Madden's for, right? I mean, we could just do my my career in Madden, yeah, my exactly. fr- a franchise I, mode. I guarantee you that's, that's what they're thinking. It's, you know, it's screw them. I'm just as good a coach as they are. I'm going to go here and beat them here if it didn't work in Miami. I guarantee that's what they're thinking. I ain't afraid of Belichick. I ain't afraid of them, Yeah. <laughs> That's also why I had to win the division. All right. On that note, anything else? Uh, yeah, well, real quick. I know we didn't talk college this week, but congratulations, Michigan, for moving into the 21st century and hiring an offensive coordinator who will actually throw the ball. Will he call the plays? Yes. Josh Gatiss will call plays. I think Harbaugh finally sees the error of his ways. Yep. So the question, the only concern I have with Michigan right now is Pep Hamilton, who is technically the offensive coordinator, but, you know, sort of like Brian Flores. um, Harbaugh was calling the plays. So I'm curious how Pep falls into this equation. But, yes, Josh Gatiss, huge hire, was probably going to end up in Maryland with um, the other co-offensive coordinator who's the new head coach there. So for Harbaugh to come steal him at the last second, I love it. Sling the ball. Use use Shea, use those three wide receivers you got. And I actually saw something on Twitter recently, and it blew my mind. Um, Dwayne Haskins, who, enemy of the show, Ohio State sucks. Although he might be the next quarterback for the Giants, so I might forgive him there. Actually completed more passes this year than Shea attempted. He completed 60 more passes than Shea attempted. That is insane. This is 2018. That is Big Ten football, but... You got to adapt to the spread. You got those wide receivers. Use them. Use that speed. Shea can throw the ball. Shea will sling it. You lose in uh, Higdon this year too, so you don't. You're not gonna have that power back. I love it. Doesn't this suck that we have like nine months to go? Wait. Spring ball is April. So, uh, yep. Isn't that AAFL or something like that coming up? 
Yeah, actually, the uh, speaking of Michigan, Denad Robinson, he's on the Atlanta team for the AAFL, and I saw a highlight of him, and it's good to see Shoelace. Good to see him. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. Where can these guys find us? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at btw underscore the hashes. You can also email us at between the hashes podcast at gmail.com. And now officially, guys, we are on Blogspot as well. You can find us at btwthehashes.blogspot. And you can find all our links to all of our platforms and social media accounts. I love it. Maybe we'll post some stuff from time to time there as well. Uh, send us your tweets. Send us your questions. Send us your comments. Uh, answer our polls. Answer our questions. Plug in. Listen up. This is Between yeah. the Hashes. We'll be back at you guys next week. Uh, with our teams going to the Super Bowl, we'll have our picks for that. Um, until then, guys, if there's nothing else, I think we're we'll good. See you next week. This is Between the Ashes. Thanks a lot, guys. Go Pack Go. Go Irish. Go Blue.